Good afternoon, everybody. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Now, usually we start off on a very, you know, chipper note and, uh, you know, um, just really excited to start the show. I usually just come in, you know, telling you, like, the weather's nice, everything like that. But um, just we got some real breaking news. You know, we had bad news last night, losing a legend in uh, WWE's China. Losing Pearl Washington yesterday. And then just now, I, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes, this news is broke. Prince. The singer Prince. Everybody knows, world famous artist. Found dead at the age of 57, according to TMZ. Just wow. It's 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 a shocking I don't even know the right words to describe how I feel right now. It's It's been a rough couple of days for a lot of celebrities out there. Just wow. Didn't expect to open a show like this and you know, obviously I would try to get on some uh some classic Prince songs. It's it's just incredible that we could have it's just wow that's i mean you know i i don't know the right way to describe it man that's it's wow just just wow but you know what like i said we're gonna keep the show keep the show going the show has to go we, we always we already had planned a bit of a uh, memorial for wwe's china we're going to throw in some Prince in there as well in the uh, 2 o'clock hour. I'm going to play some Prince songs throughout the show. We are going to have um, Alexis Nicholas. She she actually ran in the uh, Boston Marathon this year. She's going to give us her thoughts on everything that happened. And um, obviously this is, you know, this is like huge for everybody. This is kind of hit, hitting everybody hard, especially on Twitter. You know, a lot of the show is um, just figuring out what people are trending in terms of sports. And a lot of it was China. But now, you know, you're seeing with the uh, news of Prince passing away at the age of 57. Uh, a lot of people are still trying to cope. And this is, this is really tough. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting, you know, thing figuring out what happened. But um, people have to do the investigations. They're gonna have to just really take the time to understand, you know, what exactly happened it, it, in terms of the, both of the causes of death. We don't know, but uh, this is a uh, very shocking, just a very shocking time everyone and you know like I said we're still figuring out details in both situations but um, I'm, I'm keeping getting confirmation that that he is indeed passed away Prince so it's it's really tough really tough for a lot of people out there uh, this is a, a time for anybody if you want to just share your thoughts on whether it's on China or it's on um, Prince the number is 516-900-2278. Once again, that's 516-900-2278. Just wow. I mean, you, you try to... 
you know how you always say like appreciate people while they're here you know we pro washington uh just yesterday obviously china and then now just a couple minutes ago we get the news about prince it's it's really lets you know like life it everybody you know you don't know who's going to be here tomorrow nothing's ever guaranteed so it's so much importance to appreciate people while they're here you know tell someone you love them if you love them tell them you love them now because there's no guarantee you're going to see them the next day it's uh it's sad that you know we have to have these these moments happen but you know with life you, you got to try and move on I don't know. Like I said, I'm still going to try to get as much information as I possibly can. I, you know, I can only do do as much as I can. But just wow. But once again, you want to share your thoughts at Ed Easton Jr. Um, 516-900-2278. I'm going to take all your calls. And like I said, we're going to try to get on some prints and, you know, play some music and see how people can just you know understand like how much of a genius this man was if you know like i said we're saying that all reports are true you just want to make sure that you have all the right information you don't want it to be like a uh a situation where people are just like coming out and saying things and that happens at times you know when you hear these deaf hoaxes you want to make sure it's real it's real it's like I, I mean I'm seeing on TMZ like I'm following different things that's happening and I'm, I'm I apologize to everybody that you know still waiting to talk about sports we're definitely talking about a full slate of sports with the NBA playoffs last night uh, some NHL playoff action as well but this is breaking news and this is a live radio show and it's just something that has to be discussed so I do apologize for those that are tuning in for just the sports reasons because you have every right to but uh we're definitely going to figure it out we're going to figure out what exactly happened And uh, just like I said, if anybody has any information they want to discuss, they want to throw in, you know, the number. But um, I'm just getting the latest like tweets and uh, updates on this. So it's it's really a, a sad, sad situation going on right now. But it's it seems like it's confirmed. Uh, this is really tough news for a lot of people out there. Just, just wow, but life does go on. We will take the time to acknowledge these um, legends and uh, really try to understand, you know, what their purpose was here on this earth and what they brought to the table. And yeah, I, I like I said, it's changed my whole monologue in the last five minutes of how I want to start talking because it's it's real it is definitely real out there so we gotta gotta uh, pick things up make the best of the situation and um, just 
to you know put in perspective i'm going to uh keep giving you updates throughout the show on both situations you have the china situation you have obviously this print situation which has literally just happened and uh we're definitely going to um definitely going to just break it down as much as we can And um, like I said, I, I hope everybody, you know, just uh, takes the time, take the time to remember. And we'll just go from there. But I'm um, going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have Alexis Nicholas. And we're going to talk about the Boston Marathon. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Sports Social with Ed East, and once again, we are live here and uh, Soundcast FM. And you know, once again, we're still we're monitoring the breaking news right now. It's it's not really in the sports world, but it is in the music world. It uh, does have some relevancy to sports because Prince was a huge. Um, he did a great job doing the uh, halftime performance of a Super Bowl recently, but um, we actually might play some of that that medley that he did a little bit later in the show, but. Uh, like I said, that is the breaking news right now. He's uh, Prince is, was saying that he's dead at 57 years old. We're still trying to get more information. But right now, I have a special guest. Okay, we have a caller on the line. Who's this? Hi, this is Alexis calling in hey, Alexis. from Boston. Hey, Alexis, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Well, actually, I'm not doing too great because you, you, I'm pretty sure you heard of the uh, breaking news that broke probably the last half hour about uh, Prince passing away. 
No, I just you're the first to tell me that I didn't didn't hear about that. Yeah, it just broke um, just now. So we're still trying to get information. Uh, TMZ reported that he uh, passed away in his house. So this is about a half oh. hour ago. So. Oh wow. Yeah. So I, yeah, as you can see, the show's a little different right now. But um, you know, the focus is 100 percent on you and uh, the job that you did in the uh, marathon this past Monday. Can you uh, let us know, like, how how was it? This is your first marathon, right? Yes, yeah, my first marathon. It was uh, quite an experience um, starting in Hopkinton, 26 miles out from Boston, with 30,000, about 30,000 other people running for um, different nonprofit organizations and, and organizations that they raise money for. So it was, you know, kind of a lot all at one time, running for an organization, but also my first 26-mile race, so... Yeah, no, that's that's definitely um, great. And I actually saw that you were you were raising, and this is for the uh, Boston versus Bullies. Was the uh, yes? That's the marathon team. Yeah, that's my marathon team. So I actually work f- for them directly too. So it was cool that I see like all the money go full circle. But it's a uh, bullying prevention program given to all the the schools in the greater Boston area using the platform of the Boston sports team. So we have like all the athletes talk about bullying um, on different sports teams like the Celtics, the Patriots, going down the list and uh, kind of telling them how to prevent bullying from happening. So that's pretty much who I was running for. And there was two of us on the team, a small team this year, their first year that John Cancock actually gave us two bibs. So we were really excited about it. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I got the bib. Um, Raised $6,000 or over $6,000 for them. So it was quite a feat. Okay, now I know that you're a, an athlete already. Uh, you played for a Holy Cross um, yeah, basketball team. Basketball, yeah. So, basketball, born and bred. So uh-huh. <laughs> uh, running a, a marathon is kind of kind of different. Long distance um, training for that was definitely um, different for my body and mentally different as well. Oh, I can understand. And like, what did you do to help push you through those last uh, couple of miles? You know, just knowing that my family was there at at the end waiting for me, but also I had a couple of my um, college teammates running with me on the side, just, like, telling me, like, push through, push through, you got it. It's only, like, one mile left, you got to go. Um, I also met some people on the course at, like, about mile 11. One one woman, she saw my name. I had put my name on the back of my um, penny, and she was like, what's going on, Alexis? You got this. Like, just out of nowhere, just came out of nowhere, just pushing me through, so... Having that camaraderie with the racers and other people outside of the race, you know, it just makes the experience ten times better, and it makes you push through that wall. When you when you hit that wall, you can keep going. That's great. Was it was this something that you've always aspired to do to run the the Boston Marathon? Oh, absolutely. This is the toughest one too. So, um, for me, you know, obviously my first marathon and having it be the toughest marathon was something I definitely wanted to cross off my list. Um, but now that I've got the marathon bug, I feel like it's something that I'm going to continue doing. A little bit different than basketball, but it's definitely, you know, self-motivating and challenging at the same time. Try to beat your time the next the next marathon you run. So it sounds like that you're uh, giving us a little preview of a possible maybe New York City marathon run. I'm just, you know, hinting potentially, at that. Potentially, that's, that's in October. So I do have some time to, you know, recuperate from this one um, and then get ready for training for the next one. Training is about three three to four months out from the race. so. Okay, and, and I have to ask, now, 
obviously the Boston Marathon is still people remember what happened a, a few years ago with the um, with the with the attacks. Uh, were there any like special like I don't know security that was going on because of what happened before? Like when you when you approached the actual um, marathon. Well, I mean, the the week before, they did a lot of different um, air raids to make sure they, they did the route um, with helicopters and um, they closed down the roads early and did a lot of preparation for that. Um, this year, they actually didn't have any arrests or anything happen at the marathon, which is, which is awesome security-wise. But um, as far as the finish line, there was just a bunch of cameras and a bunch of people, obviously police officers around, but nothing too too intense to scare people away. Because it's all about the community and, and, and running the hardest race there is and the most famous one. So, yeah. I definitely, definitely understand that. Now, I, I have to ask because, you know, completing the race and just knowing that everything that goes into doing it, what would be the best advice for someone who's doing it for the first time since this was your first time doing it? Yeah, you know, I would say to enjoy the experience. I went in, I was really nervous. Um, I was coming off of a, a tough training experience, too, because I had a knee injury, and I actually ran through the race 26 miles with a torn meniscus. So it was kind of, um, for me, as, as well as crossing the finish line, it was just enjoying the experience and and seeing all the little kids who come out and, and support the race, the runners, slapping everyone's hand and everyone cheering for you and really enjoying the moment because only 1% of the world's population gets to run in a marathon and actually completes it. So... I would say for the first time, definitely enjoy the, the experience and, and set goals for yourself, but just have fun. That's my advice. Definitely agree with that. Now, you said you, you're, in, you're in Boston. Are you a yeah. fan of any of the Boston teams, like in particular? Or is there like a, a team that you always root for? No, I, I don't. I'm New York, born and raised, so I can't really ch- change over cities that easily. Um, I mean, I do support the teams. I, you know, I love, love sports, love Basketball, baseball, football, those are my top three. So I do attend the events, but I don't really, you know, root for one or the other. So Good. I'm actually very happy to hear that because I'm a Yankee fan, <laughs> a big Yankee fan, so I can't hear that you are a Red Sox fan. This interview will be a little bit different, but yeah, definitely no, good no, to hear definitely that. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Alexis, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, talking about your story and your uh, great run. So is there anything you want to promote? No, thanks for having me on here. And, um, Definitely the next time you come down or if anyone comes to the Boston area, you should check out the Sports Museum. We're located in TD Garden and some great exhibits. We just uh, had one go out about Title IX and women in sports, which is awesome for women, you know, especially this year is the 50th anniversary for women in the, the Boston Marathon, as well as everything that's going on with Title IX. So definitely come down and um, check out TD Garden's, the Sports Museum's exhibits. be great. Thank you so much. Alexis Nicholas from the uh, Boston Marathon. Definitely check out everything she's doing, doing a great job as is. So uh, thank you again. Thanks so much, Ed. So, you know, thanks again to Alexis for uh, calling in and just letting us know how the Boston Marathon was going. And, and you know how that's how fresh the news is with Prince. Like, it literally just broke that she didn't even know until we spoke on the phone. So it's it's still, like I said, we're still figuring it out. We're hoping that it is a hoax. But uh, like I said, it's really uh, it's really being pushed heavy on social media right now, and uh, it's yeah, it's actually a special report now on ABC. So there, there's different networks that are picking this up. This is a really big deal. So a lot of people I know are huge fans. 
and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of speculation as to what actually happened. You know, it's so it's just such a such a weird situation. But um, what else can you do? You you can only hope that we do get some answers, and if we don't, we don't. That's the best we can really look forward to. Um, when we come back, I'm gonna take another break, and when we come back, we're gonna definitely discuss. What happened with the NBA playoffs last night has some interesting matchups with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and the and once again, the um, Detroit Pistons giving them a little bit of problems until the Cavaliers decided they want to shoot every three in the book. So when we come back, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
We're back, Sports Social, with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Once again, the uh, breaking news that broke literally at the top of the hour here on the show. Um, Prince, the uh, musical legend, has passed away at the age of 57. It is being reported now by numerous media outlets, not just TMZ. And it's uh, it's definitely, you know, it, like I said, it's a tough time for a lot of people. And uh, we're still trying to get more information. So it's it's really a rough situation, and it's definitely been confirmed via CNN. So, like I said, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that's affected by it. it, it you know, a lot of there's a ton of Prince fans out there. Don't don't get me wrong. It's the guy's an icon for a reason, and uh, you know, you just want to to really show the guy the, the the right respect and for what he's brought to just music and you know the culture and the way things are done. So uh, definitely, you know, not a great time for a lot of people right now. But the show does go on, and we will be talking about the NBA playoffs. Last night's games were very interesting. For example, you had the Cleveland Cavaliers decided they wanted to shoot nothing but threes, and they made 23s, tying the NBA playoff record in the game. And the interesting thing about the matchup, with the with Detroit is Detroit is also a heavy three point shooting team at times. They uh, couldn't seem to figure out how to run Cleveland off the three point line, and that, in my opinion, was their downfall. Just not knowing how to run them off the three point line, getting guys like J.R. Smith open looks, getting you know Kevin Love, LeBron. You could only try and challenge a team but so much because these guys out these guys out here know how to make the adjustments when they're playing whether you like LeBron or not he gets his team ready to play this was a very game Detroit Pistons team this wasn't like all the other lower seeds that were you know that let's be honest they were playing below expectations this team played well above their their caliber and what they've done a regular season very blue collar, just perfect for Detroit. And like I said, just a uh, a great, just a great win for uh, Cleveland. You gotta like their chances now going in to the uh, the third game, and especially then you look at the other games. For example, the Hornets and uh, Heat. The Hornets are never in the series. I, I have yet to see any adjustments being made by this team. But it's it's gonna be a real interesting thing. Now, can we really say Miami is a real team to to beat? That's a that's a real question. But there were some interesting comments made by the Miami Heat, and they uh, gave their thoughts after winning Game Two at home. Um, first person that spoke was, of course, uh, their head coach. Eric Spoltra. Throughout the game, but especially early with Hassan, that a lot of things going on that could have derailed him and might have in the past. Yeah. What did you think of the way that he held his composure for you? Welcome to the playoffs. That's what we'll be dealing with. And whatever that was uh, tonight times 10 when we move up to Charlotte. Um, you know, so he's, he's making progress. We love it. Uh, he had some really uh, big plays uh, tonight. Um, and then we'll have to be able to do it, uh, you know, in a, in a foreign building now. 
do you feel like you have to talk these guys down? Are you prepared with some stories about how a series can turn on a dime? Well, we'll start that process tomorrow. Um, but a, a couple of our veterans uh, spoke up in the locker room right now. Um, you know, Dwayne, Lou, UD. They've been in these situations before. <laughs> they can be precarious. Uh, you have to stay on edge. Uh, that's the toughest part. Um, I said it before. I said it yesterday. I would just. I wish we could just all go back to our caves and just wait and quiet the noise and just get ready for the next the next battle. You know, we were happy with our offense, and um, you know, um, a lot of guys scored double digits. One, two, three, four, five, five guys. So, um, you know. I think we play pretty pretty solid offense, so uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Charlotte is going to is not going to be easy. It's going to be tougher, but um, you know we're going to be ready. I mean, yeah, we're really cautious. You know, even even before tonight's game, we know that uh, you know the first game we won with uh, um, it was pretty easy, but um, we know that they're going to come back, and uh, you know I think so. We we play really solid, especially you know protecting our house. And the fans was unbelievable, but. Um, you know, now that we're going to Charlotte, it's going to be a different story. Um, you know, they're going to be ready, and um, you know, we're going to be in um, hostile environment. So it's going to be it's going to be even more important than we stick together as a team and um, you know, try to try to try to win. The defense is really important, especially here in playoffs. Um, I feel like in some moments we play well, but still we can do much better. Um, you know, if the game gonna be closed, then of course we, we have enough guys who can defend, and we, we we feel really comfortable. You know, in the regular season, we we won a lot of games like that, and um, I think so. That's that's important too. After all the good times and the shots go, it gets close. It's a seven-point game, but you have Dwayne Wade on your side. What's it like to sort of have that comfort blanket at the end? That just in case, Dwayne. I mean, the you know, these the. He played this game for a long time, and he's the best, you know, closer of this game. And um, you know, every time when we need a basket, he always provides that for us. And um, you know, that's 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 a good thing. And um, you know, he he's uh, he's always putting the team on his shoulder, and it's nice to have this kind of player in in, in the team. So that was uh, Goran Dragic giving his thoughts on the game and. And obviously, you see, he gives so much praise to the leader of the team, Dwayne Wade. And like, they're, they're going to be, a, I think they're going to be fun going into Charlotte. Charlotte hasn't shown me much, and I'm a little disappointed, actually. I thought this would be a better series. Also, back to what we were saying with the Pistons and, and the Cavaliers and their thoughts. Here's uh, the Cavs giving their thoughts on game two. It happened last game. We got down and, you know, we called a timeout, came to the bench. No one had their head down. I'm still confident. I just knew we had to pick it up. I thought in the first half we had a lot of defensive breakdowns that wasn't, you know, normally us. And then the second half we came out, I think we had them 37 points in the, in the second half. So, you know, we just got to do a better job of, you know, in that first half of locking down and bearing down on our defense. Were you caught off guard or were you expecting when they switched Drummond and put him on Iman Shumper? I noticed you took Shump out soon after that what, what was the mindset in that well um coming into the game you know i heard that he, he might think about doing that and you just try to go over every scenario in your head they might try to do so you can be ready for it and um you know when, when they did that you know we came back in with with delhi and then he had to put uh, he had to put drumming back on k love so um like you said it's a game of chess and you know um 
he did a great job of trying to, you know, trying to hide Drummond, trying to keep him off of Kevin, and then we had to try to make an adjustment and uh, try to get him back on Kevin. What's the message going to be to the players uh, going to Detroit now? Uh, what, what do you got to keep doing? You know, we, we did what we were supposed to do. We took care of home court. You know, we won two games on our home floor. Now we got to go to Detroit, which is going to be a hostile environment, and we got to play well. You know, we have one goal, and we have one uh, objective every single night, and that's to play our game both offensively and defensively. And, uh, uh, you know, when you got guys like this guy next to me and, and, and the rest of the 13 guys that we all just believe in one thing, and that's how we can uh, be better in the next possession. You know, um, they came out and, and hit us, and, and we knew. Uh, they were going to give that, and uh, you know we just had to stay calm, uh, continue to work our game plan, continue to defend, and just try to wear on them. And um, you know he st- he got it going, and once Jr. get it going, you know the flood gets open for us uh, because he spreads the floor for us so well. And, and then our bench came in and they did a heck of a job tonight. You know all the way. I mean, Timo, Shump, R.J., Deli, uh, Channing. Um, you know everyone came in and they did an exceptional job. And, you know, that was the result of it. We did take a lot of threes, and um, you know there were a few that we wish we could have got back. Um, but for the most part, um, when the ball was moving like it was, and, and the shots that we were getting, uh, we can be satisfied with that. And um, you know to be able to set a, I heard we set an NBA record uh, for for threes made is great to be a part of history when you're going um, along a, a path that you're trying to you know accomplish. But along that way, when things happen like that, you you never take it for granted. So. Uh, to say I had two of them, uh, you know, but this guy right here can tell you about, you know, the lift he gave us. Uh, I mean, I was open, so I shot the ball. I mean, it's it's kind of <laughs> simple for me. Um, I mean, honestly, my, I got some great teammates who are willing to make the open pass, and uh, I'm just one of the guys who's just fortunate to be in that situation to make them. You know, when my shooters got it going, I have to – be the one to say, okay, well, you need to get to the rim. You know, you need to continue to put pressure on the defense because you don't, I don't want to add to the burden of us just casting three-point shots. I want to be a guy that continues to put pressure on the rim. And um, I did take four of them tonight, but I was still living in the paint. And so, you know, that's my mindset. That's always been my mindset. We have shooters. They are designated snipers, and that's what we got them for. And I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm more like a, like a tank or something like that. <laughs> And we're back once again. Now, that was uh, LeBron James, and you also heard from J.R. Smith giving his uh, comedic thoughts on the win, and obviously he was talking about his shots. He had 21 points in that game, J.R., so J.R. Smith has always been like that his entire career, just very streaky, very, you know, like in the moment, gets off a big shot. That's always been J.R.'s M.O., and yes, he does take a lot of shots at times and a lot of bad shots, I should say, but whenever he's open and he gets hot, He's very tough. That's what made the Knicks so good that year when he won six man of the year. He's a guy that once he gets hot, is tough to guard. Period. You know, he makes shots. He can he can um create his own his own shot. That's what you need. And uh like I said, J.R. Smith is such a huge weapon going into the series. He's proven it more and more. And if they want to make a, a long run to a championship, they gotta continue to uh push it with him. So definitely some good stuff there. Now in regards to the other series they that played last night, that was the Clippers and Blazers. The uh, Clippers did pretty much what they've been doing the last, pretty much the last whole uh, first game, and that's forcing Damian Lillard to to pass the ball a lot, putting C.J. McCollum in tough 
um, places because let's be honest, CJ McCollum's not the best shooter in the world. He's a scorer. He's a slasher. He finds different ways to put the ball in the basket. The problem was when you force him to be a jump shooter, have to take that long three. Him and Aminu just not having that that real rhythm to really score. You kind of want to flip things around and. Me personally, I, I would like to see a little more of C.J. McCollum running the point and Lillard, Lillard, who's a better shooter, more as the off guard. And I think that would be a lot better for their team going forward. That right now they're in a 0-2 hole. And, you know, when you got a team such as the uh, Clippers that are just ready to win, you don't know you got to be on point. And I think the Clippers have the right formula. They know what they want to do. And they're executing. That's really all it comes out to. If they're able to execute their own game plan, then you're not going to have a good chance. I think that the uh, Blazers, they do lack down low. Mason Plumlee, good player, but he's not the type of player that LaMarcus Aldridge was for so many years. And they're starting to feel out of effects in the playoffs because the playoffs is a more of a grinded out pace. But uh, this is how the Blazers responded. This is their uh, post-game presser following last night's loss. Thought we got uh, got some good looks, especially early. Um, you know, we struggled to shoot the ball tonight. We were under 40% most of the night, but uh, I thought we did a good job of changing things up as far as getting different looks and moving people around. I thought their bench was good, uh, both in the first half and second half. Uh, you know, they made their run uh, both in the first half with their with their bench, and obviously in the fourth quarter, their bench was effective. You look at the plus minus; it was you know pretty clear that their bench was effective for, for them. And they did it in different ways. I thought Austin Rivers' three-point shot with eight-something to go was uh, was a big momentum play, ten-point game, and um, you know he makes a shot with the shot clock going off. Uh, that kind of turned the tide in the fourth quarter. Terry, you mentioned his shot. Do you think that stretch, start of the fourth quarter, was really kind of when things turned for them? Yeah, no, uh, no question. I mean, it was a six-point game. I think Jeff Green hit a couple free throws, but we had a good defensive stand that possession and. You know, if it bounces long and you run the other way, it's um, that was a big momentum play. It took it took it to 13 and gave them a lot of a lot of energy and uh, where it could have been reversed. Especially at the start of the game, I got a lot of good looks. Um, you know, I missed a wide open, a point blank layup, and um, you know when you get those looks early in the game, you got to knock them down, especially. Uh, when you know the type of attention that, that you're going to get in a, a playoff series like this one, you know, where they're trapping and, you know, sending two guys and loading up against uh, myself and CJ. So um, I got a, a lot more clean looks tonight. Um, you know, the ball didn't go in as much as I would have liked to, um, especially with us being in the game. I think if I would have had it going, um, it would have came down, you know, to the last couple of minutes. But um, they didn't. Um, they handled their business here, and now we got to, you know, try to go get one for game three. I think I got off to a good start in the first quarter. Got some good looks. I knocked them down. Um, that always helps when you start the game off, you know, making shots. And I think, you know, to be able to withstand that, like Dame said, we got some good looks. I had some good mid-range shots uh, that I didn't make. I had a wide open three in the corner in, in transition. And uh, we're going to make those shots, you know, nine times out of ten. Those are the type of shots we have to make. And I think, you know, going forward, we will. And in terms of you know, being able to stop their runs. It's one quarter or one lapse every game that happens. Tonight it happened in the first half. We got down by double digits and we ended up fighting our way back to get down by four at halftime. And then in the second half, they went on a run in the fourth quarter. And we were down six going into six, I believe it was, and going into the fourth quarter. Went on a run, you know, 10 0 run, 12 2 run, those type of runs, you know, changed the, the complex of the game. You know, going home, everybody will be a little bit more comfortable. Teams usually shoot better at home. I think the Clippers, 
you know, JJ's been shooting pretty well, especially in those first quarters. CP's been shooting pretty well, and I think our guys will be more comfortable at home. Chief, Mo, all those guys will get, you know, ample looks and opportunities at home. And I think, you know, with our home crowd behind us, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to go. I mean, I don't, I don't see why we should not have confidence. I think game one, uh, we were in the game, then they had a stretch where um, they got on the run. We couldn't score the ball, and, you know, we just couldn't close that gap for the rest of the game tonight. Um, we took it a step further, and the game was closer for a little bit longer than it was last game, and then the same thing happened. We went cold, and they, they started to knock down shots. So um, we're not the first team to, to lose the first two on the road. Um, you know, they like I said, they took care of their home court, and now we're going to have the same opportunity. So we got to uh, put together four quarters for these next couple games. And that was uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum giving their thoughts on the loss. It's it's just it's, like I said, it's going to be one of those matchups that they have to make adjustments. I think they're a very talented team, and it's it's tough. You know, you got to make adjustments. That's one of the tough things that they have to do. So it, it's going to be very very interesting to see how they make it happen. Now, in regards to just the team in general, and like their personnel, I don't think they're good enough personnel wise to beat. A Clipper team, you know, in the same way, like, I feel like the Clippers are not good enough to, to beat the Warriors at full strength. Speaking of the Warriors, we are obviously going to have um, some more information regarding the star, and that is Steph Curry, see if he's going to play. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and once again, I'm going to remind everybody, call me up, 516-900-2278. If you have any thoughts that you want to share on Prince or China, we're going to do a China segment the next hour. Uh, just... Like I said, it's a very weird day. You know, you hear about all these, these celebrities passing. We also got to remember Doris Roberts who passed away um, from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. She's, you know, she was 90 years old. It's it's tough. So just want to remind everybody, you know, once again, 516-900-2278 as we uh, get into some more music. And uh, we'll be right back. Do I believe? 
That was another classic Prince joint. That was controversy right there. You're listening to uh, Sports Social with Ed Easton. Uh, once again, we're taking your calls, 516-900-2278. Like I said, just a sad situation, you know, that people have to uh, find out about Prince, uh, just a, a legend, man. And and it's uh, it's one of those things where people are still going to, you know, it's going to take a while. And, like, the same way we uh, lost uh, China and it was um, just very unexpected. Very unexpected. So we're going to see what's going to happen with, uh, the, you know, they have autopsies and all the different all the different things that they always do to, to uh, just get an understanding of what happened in this situation. And we hope, we hope that we get some type of clarity. I mean, you don't want this to be one of those, like, oh, we don't know moments. And that's really what we're looking at right now. But we did talk about saying that we are going to get an update in regards to uh, Steph Curry for uh, his game for the game tonight. They play game three against the Houston Rockets. So we just want to find out what's going to happen in regards to that. And um, also, I, I really liked what Inside the NBA did in regards to uh, Dwayne Pearl Washington and just their description of him so a lot of people can understand who he was. So we're just playing tributes out here. You know, but I do want to hear, we do want to hear actually what Steph Curry said to uh, Ali LaForce of uh, TNT. They gave their uh, updates in regards to his injury. So let's uh, let's take a listen to that. Right now, this is uh, the update in regards to Steph Curry's uh, injury. If no one knows your ankle better than you, as of right now, what would be your status for Game 3? It's certainly questionable, but I'm doing everything I can to get uh, as much treatment between now and the, and the game and uh, continue to get better. So, you know, the team did a great job of holding it down Game 2, got us a nice 2-0 lead and trying to kind of assess my ankle regardless of the kind of circumstance. So. Um, I'll be out there as soon as I can and um, 
it, it's obviously not a good feeling missing playoff games. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get back out there sooner or later. While you were out there participating in team drills, how did the ankle feel and what's the pain level at right now? Uh, it felt pretty good, uh, better than two days ago. So that was obviously a mission accomplished of continuing uh, getting closer to 100%. Um, not there yet, but hopefully by tomorrow night I'll be closer, if not uh, you know, full go, ready to, ready to play. I sat next to you during game two, and, and you could hardly stand to sit there and watch and not be out there on the court. What is it like having to you know, be out there as a cheerleader and, and cheer your team on, and what are you telling them? It's tough, especially... Like I said, in the playoff game, the playoff atmosphere, it's it's uh, it's what you what you you know grind through the 82 game schedule for, and what you want to be out there every possession. So uh, having a suit on is not fun, but try to you know encourage the teammates to go out there and do their job, bring that energy. Um, anything that I see, um, it's a different obviously vantage point being on the sidelines. I might be able to see some more things that I might not see on the court and give them whatever I got, but. The way that they played um, in game two was, was you know, a great sign of what kind of team we are, and, and hopefully uh, uh, that will continue. So that was uh, Steph Curry giving his update on his injury in his own words. I think that was the main thing, just so that people understood what, you know, like what he's going through and if he could actually get out there. That's That's the number one thing. You know, a lot of people talk about, what you know he's what he brings and everything and it's it's really important for him to get back out there guys uh the guy's an important uh the most important player in the NBA and if he doesn't get out there by the second you know second round then you're talking about a situation where Clay Thompson is going to be counting on a lot more and I don't think that's the position that he wants to be in to uh be the main guy he's a great Robin but you can only ask him to be Batman for so much that's the best way I describe it uh, like I said, this has been a tough week of just losing legends. Um, another legend that we did lose, and, and I did mention it, but I really love the uh, tribute that Inside the NBA gave yesterday um, with to uh, Pearl Washington. And Pearl Washington, former Syracuse player, pretty much put Syracuse on the map. He uh, lost his battle with cancer at the age of 52. But uh, I just want you guys to hear a little bit of what the uh, of what the inside guys had to talk about in regards to just his impact on the game of basketball. So this is uh, this is Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal discussing the uh, Pearl Washington passing last night on uh, Inside the NBA. Of a guy who is an iconic figure, a guy who plays the game with such flair and showmanship, but at the same time, sometimes you, there are times where you hear a guy described that way, and then the last thing you hear is, oh, his humility was off the charts, but that's what you hear about Pearl Washington. You know, I was, I was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey, and New York is probably the only city where basketball legends are created coming out of high school or in the park. Uh, you know, every guard wanted to be like Pearl. And, you know, his original name was Pac-Man because he used to eat players up. That was his original uh, back name. Then he went to Pearl, you know, uh, you know, sort of like Earl the Pearl. But, you know, from what I heard, he was one of the greatest guards ever, ever to come out of New York. You know what's interesting, Ernie? At growing up, and even when you get to the NBA, I've never seen basketball like the Big East. It was the most fun thing to watch all the time. Like, those robberies were amazing. I mean, I, I watched it this 30 for 30 and it brought back so many good mm. memories. Mm. I mean, the Big East was, it, it, you know, it made 
college basketball what it is today. It started then. And I'm not going to see that like I knew Pearl Washington really well like Kennedy growing up. But I will tell you the thing that was most interesting when I met him. He obviously, when you watch those highlights, you know he had tremendous talent and he looked so flamboyant. But when you actually met him in person, he was so shy. (laughs) It was like pulling teeth to get a conversation with him. He was nice and he was cordial. But to see a guy play basketball with that joy and enthusiasm, and then when you ask, actually meet him, it was pretty cool how humble, uh, his humility, but just a nice, soft-spoken guy. But as usual, when something like this happens, basketball is such a close-knit family because everybody knows everybody is somebody. And it's just a loss for the basketball family. A lot of the... A lot of the folks who are watching this show, um, you know, a lot of them weren't around when Pearl Washington was playing at Syracuse. Yeah. If you had to take one of those viewers and say, oh. now, this is, now this was Pearl's game, to appreciate this was Pearl's game, what would you say? You know, you see the highlights. So the highlights would marvel even in this day. You know, the ball handling wizardry that he had. But from Brooklyn, USA, his AAU team, to the Gauchos, to Boys and Girls High School with Frank Minkins, you know, what he was, what Jay-Z was for Brooklyn. He was that for Brooklyn then. He was Jay-Z. I, I, I never forget, I was playing on the Empire State games and we coming from a practice. Uh, and we're walking down the streets of Brooklyn and we hear this huge crash, Ernie. And like, what is that crash? It was two cab drivers crashed because they saw Pearl and I walking and they running up to Pearl to get an autograph. So we're in high school now. We're not in college. We're not in the NBA. Pearl Washington was Jay-Z today for Brooklyn. He was the guy that everyone knew from 17 years old. And I, I think the one thing, honestly, that, that held him back as being a great pro was that he was too good too early yeah. because it came too easy too early. And sometimes it's hard to work hard when you sleep in silk robes. It's hard to push yourself. And for me, he was a man amongst boys. And I had never experienced anything like that. You know, being around Shaq, being around Charles, I see how people react. That's how they react to him in high school. It was unbelievable. Of course, social media today, uh, a lot of action. A lot of folks uh, tweeting about uh, Dwayne Pearl Washington and Magic Johnson, rest in peace, to the best ball handler I've ever seen in my lifetime, Dwayne Pearl Washington. Mark Jackson, love and respect for Pearl. Facing him made me realize I had to get better. Dude was off the charts. And then uh, the vice president, Joe Biden, Syracuse grad, God bless the pearl. Number 31 hangs in the rafters at my alma mater and in our hearts. Wow. Wayne Pearl Washington, 52 years old. Just thought that was a very uh, touching tribute last night by the guys at TNT. Just to get a just to get a full understanding of how much he meant to uh, the game of basketball. And like I said, another legend lost. And, you know, we talk about Prince today. China, we're about to get to in a couple minutes. It's it's just you gotta acknowledge people, you know, when they're still here. There's no excuse. You gotta love people. You gotta show love. We have we live in a society now where it's about me, it's about this, it's about that. You could still get yours, but you gotta make sure you show the love. That's the main thing, and I, and I feel like especially on the younger generation, that has to be the key. Because you can't wait till they're they're gone. And, you know, it's kind of like the old Kanye line. 
people get the flowers before they even smell them, you know, because it's like it, it's sad. You got to you got to appreciate these people while they're here. Point blank, period. There's no other way of uh, looking at it. Everything they bring, it's it's incredible that we don't do enough and we really should do more in order to uh, acknowledge. So we shall definitely see. We shall definitely see. But um, once again, I'm still taking your phone calls or anybody that has any thoughts, whether it's on Prince, whether it's on Pearl Washington or China. You know, we're going to have uh, Dr. Black is going to stop by. We're going to discuss uh, more about China's career, what the WWE may or may not do. Because uh, there's still a lot of questions regarding that. And this her passing was uh, late last night. So there's still a lot of uh, a lot of question marks in regards to what's going to happen with her. With her, if they're going to even honor her tonight on SmackDown. Because it is a Thursday. There's a lot of uh, bad blood going into that situation. It wasn't one of those, you know, oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. They... There was real a lot of bad blood, so we hope that there's something that the WWE is gonna do, because after a while you just gotta, you gotta like, uh, you gotta allow, you gotta change things up. It can't just stick to your points. It goes back to what I'm saying. You gotta show love, you know. You don't wish death on anybody, no matter how bad the uh, relationship was. So we'll see how they handle that situation, and um. Once again, we're going to take a uh, quick break, and we're still honoring Prince, so we're going to be playing his music throughout the show, and uh, just so people just can understand, especially the younger generation that is listening, just the impact that he had on music, and know him for more than a lot of people saying the Dave Chappelle skit. But uh, we'll be right back. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. All hail to the new king. Party man. Party man.
Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. That was a uh, party man from Prince. I know a lot of people who remember. I grew up on the uh, the Batman movie, the original Batman movie with uh, Michael Keaton and the Joker. You know that was the song that he came out to. So this is something I remember from 1989. So 
Once again, rest in peace to uh, Prince and um, rest in peace to China. And we actually have in studio the doctor of wrestling because of this breaking news. Uh, Mr. Dr. Black David Harwell is in the, in the building. So, uh, so now it's been a rough I, hours. It's been a rough hours. I remember I got one of the first tweets. And let's talk about China real quick. Yeah. From last night was from you. And now explain to me what was your thoughts originally? Because we've always talked about China. I think we talked about China when we did, we did. the WrestleMania special. Yes. What were your thoughts in regards to, like, is she going to be, like, in the Hall of Fame? And, you know, do you still feel the same way in she regards needs to, to go. She, she should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Like, that's my honest opinion. She, she should have been in it since, uh, shoot. I would say right when, right about 2012. She should have been in a long, like, a long time ago. And now that she's passed away, tragically, uh, they're going to put her in now. I think it was, it, she was. It's like one of those things. I, like with Pete Rose, he will get in when he's dead. And for her, I guess now since he's dead, uh, now they're definitely gonna put her in 2017. It has to. She's be. a shoe in. Like, yeah, this, this is the only way. That, but my thing is, who from the family would actually want to represent? That's the big I, thing. I, I, I don't know what the family's on. We don't know terms. who's. Yeah, we don't know who's gonna. But that was a very that was a very awkward situation with WWE. And you know, um, before we get into that, let's actually talk about the good things that she did bring to uh, wrestling and why she is such a legend for some people that may not understand. First off, knife under the world. She was a powerhouse. She was the epitome of like just. Uh, like like before Sasha Banks was the boss she was the boss China she trained she changed the game and I had and I said this last night and I, I tweeted that out she changed the game and by what what I mean when she when I say she changed the game mm-hmm. she's the first ever woman to actually get in the Royal Rumble match she's the first and only woman to win the Intercontinental Championship and she did it three times. WWE only recognizes it twice, but mm. she's done it three times. So why was it? Why was it only twice? Uh, they at the time they called it vacated. Her, her, her and Jericho had the belt, and then they quote unquote vacated. Yeah, where did she like a co? Uh, yeah, co-champion. Co-champion. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so, weird. I didn't understand. Yeah, that. then they vacated, but she technically won the belt three times. I mean, she and then she went on and. She did Playboy, which was probably one of the more successful Playboys yeah. to date. She's done, so, and she did so much inside and outside of the ring. She was literally uh, an icon in the sense, uh, especially because you didn't have anything at, at, at her time when she came in. You didn't have that. You didn't have a bodybuilder mm-hmm. lady who, yeah, she she went through a couple of alterations. She but did. She, she looked very, she looked real good. Yeah, after after the said fact, mm-hmm. and she came in. She kicked. She kicked butt. I mean, how many? She was you, stronger than a lot of those guys. Exactly. How many females could you actually see beating up men and doing it legitimately in the in wrestling? Yeah, that's not. It's not. Re- it's and, not often. It's not often. And this is know. the '90s, mind you. The '90s yeah. was a different era when they were more for sex. It was sex. Yeah, was, yeah. There. And she came in. She. I mean, she had her fun with DX. Don't get, don't get twisted. They had a lot of fun. Yeah. But she, come on, you got to remember, she was a part of mm-hmm. the like one of the main stables in the Attitude Era, the right. Generation X. Yeah, it's just it's like a tragic loss that you just like you just sit there and you just sit back and you're like, wow, because what she's done and what she could have continued to do if she didn't have the fallout with Triple H, mm-hmm. it would have been mind blowing. Like right. At one point, she was actually booked to win the WWE Championship. 
Now, what happened with that? They scrapped it last second. She was actually going to win from Stone Cold. That would have been very interesting. Yeah. I I, 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 I was looking at YouTube videos, and they had uh, 10 things that got to happen in WWE, and they didn't. That was one of the ten things she wow. could have. She could have been WWE. They just camp. scrapped it for creative differences, or was uh, just, I don't, they don't know. know. Eh, but they scrapped it. But she would have been WWE champion. Because what I remember most from her is obviously the different things she did, and, and you know, it, it brings you back to your your childhood because you think about the time. Like remember her and Eddie Guerrero where the uh, yes, that, that was such a good that was a, such a good thing. They had a good storyline going, and you know that, the fact that they both were going, yeah, Mamacita and all that. She was very. Still very feminine, but very strong, you yeah. know what I'm saying, in the way she handled things. And that's yeah. why she had such a legion of fans that weren't just women. It, it was men. Yeah. And From 99 to 2001, she, so she changed it. She was so respected. Yeah, when she first came in in, like, what, 96, 97? 90, well, I think it was 97 she came in. Right, right. She came in 97 during the uh, Goldust feud with uh, Triple H. Yes. And she was... The, the uh, security. Yeah, she was... Yeah, the bodyguard. Um, <laughs> she was bullying, uh, what's her name, Marlena. Yeah. Uh, uh, Terry Runnels. Yeah. Uh... She was bear hugging her, and, we, and everybody didn't know who she was. And mm-hmm. then we found out, you know, weeks later, that's Triple H's new bodyguard. Yeah. And then, you know, they go, they writes the story of China. Yeah. They and then you, but the world. you heard how they found her, right? It was, uh, they had seen, it was him and Shawn Michaels. And they seen her. Yeah, they seen yeah. her. And he was like this a bodybuilder. And then like, the way they pitched her to uh, Vince McMahon yeah. was along the lines of, Look, she's a bodybuilder. You know, she could be my security guard. Uh-huh. He was like, he's like a female security guard. You yep. know, he said that's the, that's, that's the great part about it. That's what makes it so intriguing. Like, you nobody know, ever sees it coming. Security guard yep. is, you know, is for Triple H. He's already a huge guy as it is. Yeah. So, uh, I, I thought that was always interesting the way that hand that was handled. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously we know things kind of went sour after I a while. Mean, it really just dealt with Triple H and Stephanie and then the pol- and then, you know how that politics went because they had I mean at the time Triple H and Stephanie weren't together. Right. They had just an on-screen thing. Yeah. But that became as you say, you know, it, it became life, reality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it so it just mimicked that. It turned into reality and he really did have a thing for Stephanie mm-hmm. and Stephanie had a thing for Triple H and then basically Stephanie was I'm still I, I stole your man and that pretty much just sent China you know on now the outs. these are these are the reports that you're hearing uh, no, she this, said it she this, said it too this has happened yeah everybody okay. everybody knows that this is what happened like cause, and then you remember because uh, storyline Stephanie and Triple H were married right then right. in 2003 they legitimately got married so but that's that's all because they had feelings for each other you know that yeah and it was on, and at all time, Triple H was dating China, mm-hmm. and you just see what happened, right? So, and then we all know what happened with Sean Waltman, X Pac. Oh uh, yeah, that was that yeah. was a very that, weird that's situation. like the dark that's the dark stuff. I don't want to talk about with her because I I would remember her more in the positive light, more I've obviously than the obvious negative because we all know the story with Sean Waltman, yeah, X Pac and her. So, well, how about this? We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to discuss, like, what the WWE should do from, you know, now that knowing that she's passed away, mm-hmm. how the reception has been in regards to yeah. the, the universe as well as what they should do afterwards. So we'll definitely stick with that. And once again, if you have any of your thoughts in regards to this, Prince, uh, Pearl Washington, like I said, we lost a lot of legends these last two days. Uh, call us at 516-900-2278. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. We'll be right back. Oh, don't even lie. Don't 
We're back, Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, here on Soundcast FM. That was a little of the Titan Tron that uh, China, her music, when she uh, used to come out, just uh, immemorial for her. Now, Oof. WWE, tonight is SmackDown. Yep. Obviously, we know SmackDown's taped on Tuesdays. Yep. Will there be an adjustment made to the tape? There has to be. Probably not. You don't think there would be like at least uh, an opening uh, acknowledgement? They'll, they'll, do it, they'll do it probably uh, for Monday. Like, I think they, what they should do is give her the 10-bell salute on Monday. That's what I think. They should do that Monday. But because the only reason why I say it has to be acknowledged right away, the WWE account acknowledged it right away. Yeah. And it happened. So I, that means that she's still a part of the universe. They never really eliminated her the, from, you know. The first person, oddly enough, to tweet out that she passed. Stephanie. Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. So, and I thought it was a it was a very classy gesture gesture because she didn't have to. Let, she let's didn't be real, be the first. She didn't have to be the first. That's what I'm saying. I was looking for Triple H to be the first, but he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he came out. I think today. Yeah, we just did it. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that yeah, it was rough. Like I said, that what they went through that was a very awkward situation. Now, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame 2017. She's in. You think it's an automatic? She's she better be in. They have to do. Ju- she should have been in long ago. If it wasn't for the controversy. You know, you know, like I know, she would have been in long ago. They have to put her in now. Like, honestly, I, I wouldn't say she should headline it, but she has to be in. What do uh, you think holds it back, in, in your opinion? Uh, do they still keep as the a headliner? Because it is at this point it's such national attention. You know, her passing. Yeah, because she was a big. People yeah. don't understand that she was a very big mainstay in the attitude era. She was a very she. Like I said, she defined it. She, she helped defined define it. it as a Her, woman. Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got to think about the the main characters. Yeah, in that DX situation. was one of the defining stables in WWE that led the Attitude Era. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the stuff she did outside of the ring, she brought WWE so much attention when she did Playboy. It is beyond reckon. It is crazy. It is one of the craziest things. Like people lined up for forever to get that dang that, that dang issue so it's just a, I'm just lost for words because it's just like so it's one of those so unexpected losses that nobody seen coming like and we've had so many in just like the span of what 48 hours mm-hmm. so it, it's just wow like I'm just I'm, I'm stuck it's really a uh it's just really one of those situations where you look at it now. And I'm still like sticking on the whole uh, China situation mm. because there's been so much bad blood, and because it never really got resolved. What you say that the, the ten bell salute? They should. Will there be a full like memoriam? Like I'm talking about, uh, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like show? Eddie Guerrero, not no. a whole show. I'm not talking about a whole show, but like, um, even like a, a like you know how they talk to they give the backstage because she got I, none of that on the network and I, she deserved it for so long. I don't think she's gonna get that, but I do think they they might give her a WWE Network special. That's what I mean. Yeah, they yeah. might give her that. Like Owen that's Hart just now got his, which he should have got his a long time ago. Well, his well, that's all because of his wife, though. Oh yeah, not wanting to. Yeah, she didn't really want to rock with everybody. Even Bret Hart looked at her like she's just stupid. Yeah, because like, Owen Hart it made a lot of people forget how great he was. Dude, it, let me tell you something. Another thing that I caught, I echoed from that one of those uh, those uh, those videos I was watching. He was supposed to be WWF champion. And he was supposed to defend it at, uh, at SummerSlam versus Bret Hart. Wow. So, and that, and he was supposed to win it at a house show. Yeah. But they scrapped it. And he's a guy, 
he again, he should have been in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. so long ago. So now you got the China passing, and obviously, who do you think, in your opinion, just with the with the current divas and like future divas, who you think? Is there anybody that really took after her in terms of the way she does it? Because I don't, I haven't seen anybody. In my opinion. Yeah. I, there's only one person, Beth, Beth Phoenix. Phoenix, right? That was really That's the only, the only one. person. Yeah, you know the, the big bodybuilder type, type, still beautiful, like you yeah. know, like and and, and can wrestle. And every, yeah, honestly, can, can wrestle. wrestle. That's the main thing. Yeah, it was Beth Phoenix. Uh, that was her. That was her second coming, in a sense. Beth Phoenix, and now Beth mm. Phoenix is retired. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if she works out. There's a Dana Jax or Dana no Brooke? Dana Brooke. Yeah, Dana Brooke's strong. She's a, Dana Brooke is strong. Yeah, but she's gonna need a lot of work just in the ring. Yeah, to just to become. She has the personality, know, all of that. And we're yeah. talking NXT for everybody that's not sure. Yeah, but uh, I, I definitely agree with you. And now I gotta you know obviously switch gears and Prince. Now I know you listen to a lot of classic music. Mm-hmm. This this news broke literally five minutes before I got on air. Yeah, and I had to adjust the show completely on the yeah, fly. So yeah. I've been playing nothing but um, Prince records. Yeah, what are your thoughts with Prince and how are you taking it? Uh, right now a dove is crying somewhere. There's a dove crying somewhere. Okay, it's no because it's it's really it's it's it like you you text me and I was I literally dropped my phone reading the text message. Yeah. What do you text me? Uh, he passed, and I'm just like, it, and I'm still, it still hasn't like fully processed it. You know how you have, you don't fully process that somebody's passed yet. Yeah. I'm still in that mode. That wow, wait, Prince is really dead. Like, I, I it's just wow. I, it's mind blowing. It's it's one of those things that you just can't you can't put into words because what he's done. For music, he's what we were just talking about it. We just yeah. literally talk about it. We did. Uh, there not many. There weren't many people left from that era of great music, and he was one of the very few still left. Stevie is probably like the last of the Mohegans. It's, it's sad that it's, we lost all the great eighties, seventies, and eighties artists. Wow, this is this is on par with Michael Jackson, though. Like. How that like the level of like it's what they did for the music industry? This is roughly the same level. It's just incredible, you know. Some of the stuff that you see, it's in losing so many different legends like this. It's it's ridiculous, and it just to give you some updates, like just regarding sports and you know Prince's death, how it's being felt around the country. The um, Minnesota Twins have like pretty much covered most of the stadium in purple. Mm-hmm. And that's the Minnesota Twins just showing, you know, obviously love. Minneapolis and yeah. where he's from and just showing a lot of love there. The guy was a, as a global icon. That's what people need to understand, global icon. This isn't that's just a, big a great difference. artist, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely... Um, that's just wild, man. This is just one of those wild... It's a rough time, and, you know, like I said, we, we hope that we learn from these situations and that you just got to appreciate people and um and just love them. That's the number one thing. You know, I, like, everybody is just still in shock. Like, you go on social media right now. Yeah. Everybody's just like, wait, 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 wait. Prince is dead. Doris Roberts. China. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> everybody's just like, nah, he, he can't be dead. He can't be dead, yeah. You know, you're getting messages from guys like Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. saying, you know, nobody, nobody compares. It's uh, it's just wow. You just don't expect to hear things like that. So wow, you know, it's and now uh, they're reporting 
a uh, Velda Gonzalez, Puerto Rican actress and former politician, has passed away at 83. Oh. So, I mean, it's just hey, one of those. You know, it's say hey, you gotta. This is just. This is. <laughs> what the heck? Like, this... nobody. Like, everybody. Right. Like, I'm going on. I'm just on Facebook right now, just looking down my timeline, right? Mm hmm. Everybody. Prince. 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 He's made that because he's made such an impact that it's just like, bruh, <laughs> like you can't like man. Everybody feeling that man. That's a hard one. To, that's a hard and one. Right just there. also remember Vanity, who was a uh, princess protege. Exactly. She passed away back in February, the day yeah. of the Grammys. So yeah, you know, so it's very, very, very odd situation. So. Whew. It's tough, but you know, like I said, we're gonna you know we're gonna continue to honor him. He was young. That's he was young. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, he was fifty what, fifty-seven. Fifty-seven years old. What was it, China? Forty-six. She was uh, 45, 45, forty-five years 45, old. 45. Yes. So let me just put a bow on this show today, and just say like you know, make sure and it's not just for celebrities, but for your loved ones, people that are around you. Make sure they know, and you know, spend spend time understanding what they're going through because legacies are so important and and then let me throw it back to celebrities as well as what we talk about what we look at as leaders especially within the black community I'm gonna do that right now we talk about Stevie Wonder Mm -hmm. because when we talk about our greats we always always said Luther we always said Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson we always said Prince Whitney they're all Mm -hmm. gone Michael Michael they're all gone we have Stevie Wonder. We have guys like this. So I have no problem seeing them at award shows and such. But mm-hmm. James Brown, you figured he's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, Whew. there's a lot. And I can go on for days. But yeah. you've got to honor these people while they're here and what they've paved the way yeah. for us to be able to do. And also, respect the craft. If you're a musician, if you're a, a radio host, or mm-hmm. any, type of, any type of artistic craft where you have to put in some extra work on off hours or such, have so much respect for what you do. Because this is what they fought for. You know, we have to respect what we do. And that means professionalism, and that means doing it right. And you know what doing it right is, putting in the work and not just making excuses. So I'm going to end the show off now. Uh, Dr. Black, thank you for stopping by. No problem. You know, I appreciate that. That was short notice. And yeah. like I said, this is a, a very uh, tough situation, and I'm going to oh, leave yeah. everybody out. Well, I'm going to leave with uh, playing the uh, the classic performance that uh, Prince put on for the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. This is for Super Bowl 35 he did at Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa. This was when the uh, Baltimore Ravens defeated the Giants 34-7. I... It's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to, to process. It's really hard to... Uh, it's hard to process. It's very hard to process. It's hard to figure out. And I'm sorry, it's not that Super Bowl. I got the wrong Super Bowl wrong. But it's like, <laughs> I, like I said, I don't look up Super Bowl. It's not that one, but it's uh, it's actually Super Bowl XLI. I'm sorry about that. Cause I don't know why I said that one, but uh, just the job that he did and like the, the whole retrospect that the NFL did in regards to that. But um, any last thoughts uh, that you want to put out there? Like, uh, I'm just in shock. Just in shock. He, he's going to be greatly missed, though. Hell of a performer. Hell of an artist. Uh, just and what he's given to music and. It'll just all be missed, and as you and the words you just said, you keep just keep it alive, keep everything alive. Just 
show love, you know, always and not just when someone is gone. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the most important key. part. That is oh, the yeah. most important part with all of this. Show love. Yeah, tell you gotta if you love somebody, tell them you love them because you don't know when when they when their time is up because nobody we we all can sit here and say oh we seen this no you need nobody seen any of these deaths in the last 48 hours coming nobody all right so So, gonna make our way out yep thank you very much and everybody just be safe and uh keep these uh memories in your prayers all right we're out of here just get stormed upon and just bring what he brought. That was so special.